Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hello and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward. I'm Beverly Ann. And I'm Chris Tuck. This is podcast number 10 and the subject is all around children and pregnancy. And before we start this conversation, we just want to highlight for anyone who may have lost a child through abuse during pregnancy or may have chosen not to have children following on from abuse. So we just want to highlight what the subject is about. It's about our experience. And if you choose not to stay in this podcast, um, we understand. But if you do want to stay in the podcast, please be even more aware of your self-care. Absolutely. So, Chris, we've been talking about PTSD, trauma. You know, that's what our podcasts are all about. And we were having a conversation about actually being pregnant because this is something that's not talked about with midwives, et cetera, and hasn't been. And when we were looking before the podcast, we were looking for information and I did come across a study that was completed in November 2021, which is really interesting to see. But there's not a lot of information out there. What are your thoughts on that? What about not having lots of information available about um, trauma and pregnancy and pre and postnatal care? Um, I think and I know from my own um, experiences with people working in the field that this is an area that's being looked into more extensively and we will have more information available going forward. But I, I truly feel that. Go becoming pregnant and going through pregnancy and not knowing that I'm a traumatized person has really held me back personally because whilst I was pregnant I was overjoyed I couldn't wait to bring a little person into the world but I didn't know the ramifications of the trauma and what it would do to me during the birthing process during those few days and weeks after um, giving birth and then going forwards. Um, so for me, it was quite looking back and reflecting on that period. It was quite a, um, a hard time and it shouldn't, shouldn't have been. And I feel that if I was given more information at the time, if I knew that I had PTSD at the time, then maybe the hard experience that I'd gone through wouldn't have been like that. What about yourself? I'll expand in a moment, but I just wanted to clarify yes, that. Absolutely. And so from your note, from my point of view, if I'm really honest, the thought of being pregnant was something that I kept putting off. I didn't want to be pregnant until yeah. I was in my 30s. I hadn't started my recovery journey when I was pregnant when I became pregnant it was unplanned I'd suffered a miscarriage which again I didn't realize what that would bring up um, and then I went ahead and became pregnant again and 
for me, one of the most biggest challenges was being pregnant because as a survivor of sexual abuse, I detached from my body. So for me, I would not put cream on my body. I would never have a massage. You know, anything to detach from my body physically is what I did. That's my coping mechanism. And there I was having your dog snoring oh can you hear yeah really badly so before you go into like really <laughs> in-depth emotional stuff I was just going to let you know that I can hear your dog snoring. okay Coco come here oh bless her um no, I'll just I don't pick want up. you to see me smiling and smirking at such a, an important yeah. topic thank you, you know. I've put her in my arms now okay so I remember being pregnant and having um, my scan and getting, and like you say, being happy. There's a baby, isn't that? You know, I yeah. wanted a, a family. I wanted to create a new family. I knew I wanted to break a cycle of what I'd experienced, but I didn't acknowledge back then it, the extent of the trauma. I hadn't started my recovery journey. And so when I got off the bed, I actually, my legs went to jelly. It was like I have an alien inside of me. And it really was a good and a bad, as in I want to love this baby. This is something I want to love. And it contradicted about it meant then, but how can I love this baby and be pregnant? And that was really challenging for me. And going through the actual pregnancy, I just wanted the baby out now. I've explained, I've described this once to someone, then thinking, oh, that sounds really awful. Mm -hmm. And that person actually said to me, oh, my God, that's exactly how I felt. Right. And since then, I've had the conversation with other women to find out this is not unusual. Mm -hmm. But no one speaks about it, Bev, though, do they? This is the problem. Absolutely. For fear of judgment. Does that make you a bad parent? You know, I'm I'm talking to you now. We're we're doing it now, but there's been many a year that I've ne not shared that, and I wouldn't want my children to think that they're no. not loved. That's completely no. not true. Yeah. yeah. For me, um, during pregnancy, I obviously there's the whole subject of sex, sexual relationships, and all of that, which we're not going to touch upon today, but that'll be yeah. further down the road. Um, but once I got pregnant, I thought, great, I don't have to do that again yes okay and again we'll explain that yes. another time but then it was like obviously um you then got um antenatal clinics where you have checkups and all of that I um was very reticent and um didn't want um any of those checks to be done I didn't mind the heartbeat listening to the tummy you know having my tummy listened to and my blood pressure done and all of that but any time there was any kind of, um, oh, we might need to check you internally, none of that was going to happen. Um, and it was almost like I started dreading and getting anxiety around any of my checkups. Um, and I'm sure that other people can resonate with that. When I went into labour, I kept putting off the idea of thinking about labour because I thought, you know, it'd be all right when it comes to it. Basically, I disassociated from it and blocked it out. And when it came to it, giving birth, I wanted a natural birth. Um, I wanted it to be a great experience. 
But the fact is, I'm a person that's always kept control of me. When you're in the throes of giving birth, the process, you're not in control. And I kept being told, relax, it will just happen, it will come. But for me, my body's going, I ain't letting go, I'm keeping control. And that actually hindered the birthing process and prolonged it because I couldn't just give my control away. And so my stuff, instead of my um, body relaxing and going with it, it kept tightening and I actually stopped the birth from happening the way that it should. My body subconsciously was just tight and contracted. And they kept saying to me, oh, it's because you're a fitness instructor and you know, your abdominals are so tight that it just won't let go. But now looking back and understanding more, I know it was all about the fact of not being able to let go of the control, not letting other people see me in a state of undress, in, in a state of vulnerability. And also one of the other things for me was as well, no one told me that pushing, that final push was like going to number two. It was like going, it was like having a poo. And they said to me, it doesn't matter if you poo. They didn't say it's 100% normal to go to a poo and feel like you're going to go a poo. Um, no one explained that to me. So in my head, I'm going, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a number two. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. But that is exactly the feeling. So if someone had said to me, you know what? It feels like you're going to number two. So just go with it. And it doesn't matter. We've seen it a hundred times before. So in my head, it was, and my body subconsciously, it's control, control, control. So I prolonged the pain. I prolonged the agony. But I just wish people had explained it to me better. Absolutely. Do you, does any of that resonate with you? Absolutely. And what's great about our conversation, there are some things that are going to be similar to yours and some of the things that are going to be different. Yes. And that's what's lovely about having the conversation. So for anyone listening as well, you know, if it wasn't the same for them, they may have a different experience, but for the similar reasons. So for me, I wouldn't go to the antenatal classes because I didn't want to recognise this baby, this alien inside me. I'd go to my checkups and I could disassociate and I could I could make that happen. That, yeah. that was okay. However, um, when it came to the birth, came to labour, ironically, the one thing that I use for my first step of self-care is deep breathing. And learning to breathe helped me. I focused on my hands. But what I didn't know, very much like you, was because I was being triggered and this baby was trying to come through and I had no control over my body, again the emotion was so intense and so my survival instincts kicked in and my body was preparing itself for fight or flight yeah so again you know my body was tense wouldn't allow the baby to come out I had huge back pain which now I know also relates to um the emotional side of it um and I did ask for um, an epidural in the end. They couldn't give me that, but they gave me pethidine. And yes. I, I, I needed something to help me cope. 
Uh, yeah. You know, I wanted the drugs to help me cope. Oh, I had uh, drugs. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the contraction stopped and I realised, you know, my poor son was like trying to come, but all the contraction stopped. And I didn't yeah. know at the time again, that's my body stopping it. Yeah. yeah and when we talk about, um, you know, how our, body, how our brain works neurologically with our body, this is the impact that it has that we don't realise. Yeah. And then afterwards, yeah. sorry, then afterwards, um, I couldn't wait. You know, I did all the function thing, such as being stitched, etc. And then I couldn't wait to get off the bed. And now I understand. You know, my baby was safe um, with his dad. Um, I just wanted to get off the bed, go and have a shower, etc. But I realised it was the adrenaline. I wanted to run not for my baby, get yeah. me out. Yeah. yeah, and that's exactly, you know, they kept saying to me, I kept pacing around the room and they kept saying to me, get on the bed, we need to monitor you, get on the bed. And they wanted to strap that monitor on me and make me sit still. And my body and my brain were going, no, that ain't happening. That's not happening right to the last minute. And so I kept pacing around the room and they're like, but we need to monitor, we need to monitor. And I'm like, so that was my fight and my flight mm. and my body not wanting to just give into it. And I just would, and, and I wasn't even as far along as you in, in my journey because I didn't even know I was in trauma. I, I, I didn't know about deep breathing. I wasn't a coach then. I knew nothing. And I Chris, nothing. Absolutely. And I knew nothing. I can only thank a friend who said to me, I, instead of going to antenatal, I went to watch Ghost. So if anybody is aware, well, <laughs> Ghost was that. actually out in 1990 with Patrick Swayze. Yeah. I went to see that twice. And my friend, as I went into labour, said, just concentrate on your hands, relax them and breathe slowly and deeply. So I was nowhere in my journey, which is ironic. Yeah. Because after I had my son and I was in the hospital, there were certain things I couldn't do. I couldn't breastfeed. Yeah, at I'm all. Talk about my experience of that in a moment. So please share yours. And being in hospital, straight away I was isolated by a midwife because I wouldn't breastfeed. No mm -hmm. questions asked. Just which, at that time, I'd had a normal pregnancy. So yeah. yes, you know, from first stage to having my son you know, was still pretty good by all means. So, you know, it was like in the second stage, I was 12 hours. Yeah, 12 hours. Yeah. Um, which was still pretty good. It, yeah. it could have been quicker. Um, afterwards, I didn't realise how I was being triggered and how emotional I was. Yeah. And when I was being, you know, there's this person not talking to me. There you go, feeding into the judgment the guilt, the shame. So, and, and it's really weird because after that, I can see now how I started to, to react to, by, from being triggered as my son became older. Yeah. But I won't go any further yet. Yeah. So for me, breastfeeding, I, like everybody else, you kept hearing that breast is best, breast is best. And I'm just thinking oh, the last thing I want is something hanging off my body. Sounds awful, but we're here for authentic conversation. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to put, because again, I didn't know about trauma and I didn't know about anything that I was going through. I just didn't know. Um, 
I just thought I just don't want nobody nothing touching touching my body I've, I've given birth that's it I've got my body back um straight after the birth I felt euphoric I was so bloody happy I was literally dancing down the corridor into the shower and I remember standing there in that hot shower thinking I've got a baby I've got I was so jubilant. I was so happy, so happy. And then the reality, are you going to breastfeed? And I'm like, uh, right, I'll give it a go. So I did. I gave it a go. I probably breastfed him for about a week. I got all of that mastitis and all of that malarkey. And I just thought, uh, don't want anybody touching me. Then I tried the breast pump and I thought, you know, at least I'm giving him the best da, 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 da. and eventually after three weeks it stopped because I just didn't want nothing touching my body and again on reflection it's easy to see but at the time it was like uh, all of that guilt all of that shame all of the judgment and I just thought you know what I'm getting so stressed the baby picking up on it it ain't working so I'm not doing it um, and that's when I stopped three weeks after but I can honestly say I don't think I was judged by a midwife in my own personal circumstances, but I judged myself. Yes. So I didn't actually try at all because I, for me, I didn't want to be put in a place where that I would recoil against my child because I'm trying to break a cycle. Yeah. Now, I haven't even started my recovery, yeah. but intuitively, that's what I didn't have from my own mum. I want to give this to my children. Yeah. not knowing that actually yeah. it, there's other ways we have to acknowledge it as well so I didn't recall so I didn't even go there so when I wasn't being spoken to it's that passive aggressive it's yeah. that isolation you know it's, it's that judgment it's disgusting. yes absolutely so now because of we're looking at time to keep yeah. What I'd like to be able to do is I remember do you remember um the the film that we saw the documentary film that we saw on resilience. Yes. Yes. Well, we did the Q and A panel in London. There was another one I did in Seven Oaks, and there was a midwife in the audience. Mm -hmm. and it was really interesting, and she said afterwards because she understood the concept, and she said, "The one thing I've got to say is, we know that breast is best for the child, so shouldn't yeah. all mums be breastfeeding?" And I said. Thank you for that question, because I understand you're looking at it from the baby's perspective. However, let's also look at the mother's perspective. Yeah. Let's be more trauma informed. Let's ask some questions yeah. because like you, like me and like many other people that are probably listening to this. If you're not being asked the right questions and you're not being made to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. our bodies are going to react and yeah, we are going to so. pass that on to our children yeah. even when they're in the womb because we're releasing adrenaline and cortisol at high levels unknowingly because of the fight flight freeze flop friend response of the amygdala and the alarm system that we've explained before yeah absolutely now there is no right and wrong way about trauma informed but by asking some basic questions and yeah. having an understanding you know I was asked about abuse and I shared that but that made no difference it ticked the box but there was no no support are you comfortable you know 
would you like a woman doctor? There was no choice about and that. And no explanation either as to why they asked that question and what it actually meant for you yes. as well, I assume. Yes, and I also want to put out here as well, I had some lovely, lovely midwives yeah. who who did. So we're not here saying that anyone's done anything wrong. We're looking at experiences and how can it be changed going forward. Yeah. And I think yeah. having this conversation between women as well is so important. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. So if we keep this today's session just to literally pregnancy and birth. Yes. And then we can do another session on bringing up children like toddlers and, and older children. But also we can talk about um, our own uh, lived experience because of that. Yes. Is that all right? Because otherwise we're going to not give it the full attention that I think it deserves. Absolutely. You know, and we're trying to cover uh, an emotive subject within 30 minutes by opening this conversation. And one of the things that we started off by saying, and I really understand, please, everybody check in and ask yourself, what do I need when we finish, yeah. when you finish listening? Because if it's to go and lay down, if it's to make a cup of tea, if it's to go for a walk, please tap into what's right for you. Yeah. Beverly, so can I go back to um, you've worked with um, a particular client and their midwife. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, she was a survivor of abuse and she was pregnant with her second child. Mm -hmm. And she contacted me and she was barely able to move. She was right. really in um, really in a um, well, PTS was just taken over. You know, she was yeah. shut down basically. Yeah, yeah. And um, so she did frozen, hasn't she? Let yeah, me. absolutely. She had um, a midwife from the mental health team, but then somebody also then highlighted the work that I do. So between us, because she came to work with me, um, and so it was looking at you know the fun foundations of self care from a minimum. And what's amazing is my client went from literally being bed bound and really you know thinking about the basics of what she needed before the baby and that's not to discredit yeah. the baby but before yeah. the baby um to going on and and changing things around for her and she's achieved some amazing things as well but the most amazing thing was by the time she had her baby she understood self-care right okay she yeah. was able to implement some tools. It didn't happen straight away. No. But she was able to have that information and be a little bit more trauma-informed and knowing that she had a midwife that had some understanding made and a gave huge her the support. Impact. Yeah. Absolutely, which has then enabled her to go on and bond with her child. Yeah. Yeah. And have a different experience to what could have been otherwise. Absolutely, hundred percent. And I'm just wondering now, you know, um, how much postnatal depression has to do with um, epigenetics, epigenetics, if I said that right, and generation, generational trauma that passes from mum to child and going forwards. Um, again, we're not experts in this area. We're just sharing what we've read, what we've um, heard and our own experiences. But knowing that our hormonal state and knowing that we've got complex PTSD, many survivors are dealing with that, it is not um, 
uncommon or unheard of that that chronic stress, those chronic high levels of hormones does pass through into the fetus, the growing child, and maybe does impact that child as it develops. And again, you've got that study, haven't you, that you can share with people so that yes. they can end up on it for themselves. Yeah, so when you think about it, we're all about breaking the cycle because yes. we, we went into pregnancies without having knowledge of yeah. impact of our own trauma. You know, and I don't know about your um, parents, but if I think back to my mum's story, yeah. you know, there are some things now when I look back and I think I can see where she was at that time. Yeah. Now, I don't know all the others behind, but you can start to see a pattern. You know, yeah. I know that my my mum um, had a young pregnancy and so I was the first child after having given, you know, that baby went to be adopted without her consent. That's a huge trauma. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the first one after that. So you can see how trauma comes through. And even with, with my own pregnancy, as much as I wanted it to be the best for my children, I wished I'd had more insight back then. I had intuition but I can't change that. And that's something I've had to come no. to terms with. And you know what? I think we need to also make a disclaimer here that it's no mum's fault if there has been trauma that's been passed on to their child because we didn't know anything. No. And even now, if you've gone through stuff and you're pregnant, it's still not your fault. But what no. we're trying to do is bring an awareness of what we went through so that maybe others can get help and support if they've gone through something similar and they're pregnant right now and going through a birth and it's breaking that silence it's yeah. breaking that silence that silence exacerbates so much so yeah. by being able to verbalize it and we we haven't done this lightly no. you know we've had to go through stages to do this <clears throat> but coming back to um, this study that was I found today that was published um, November 2021. So it's a really great one. Yeah. Um, it's a Josie Ganner, um, and she's a doctoral candidate at the University of Michigan. And she co-authored it with a, a Julia Seng. And it was on behalf of perinatal clinicians to, to raise awareness of trauma-informed midwifery going forward which oh, I yeah. think is you know yeah. is great because, yeah. absolutely so any last thoughts Chris before we finish um I just really wanted to touch on my second pregnancy really so between my first pregnancy and my second pregnancy I got so stressed my trauma hit me when my son was born and after so it was like this beautiful baby. I would kill for this baby to protect it. Yeah. And then it was like in my head, the thought started, well, if you're like that with your child, where were your caregivers? Why did they not protect you? Why, why, da, 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 da? why, 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 why? And then that's when my mental health started to unravel. And I think we can keep that for the next. Um, and yeah, podcast. yeah, because that's where, again, I had a second child 
Um, the birth was easier because I knew what to expect. Right. So I was allowed to, I allowed my body to let go. So that was very quick. <laughs> um, a very, but that that's about more understanding what was going in my body without actually knowing what was going on. Yeah. Um, but then six months later, when my son reached, was reaching an age that I was becoming, the mirror was there. Yeah. So yes. Okay. So we've got yeah. lo lots to talk about in the next podcast. Um, but for me, I was a reverse of you. My second birth was horrific. Yeah. And that's the beauty of this is that we're sharing it from different angles. We're sharing um, different experiences. And every woman, when they give birth, it's different for each and every one of us. Absolutely. And I just really hope that someone's listening to this today. And if someone's pregnant and they're listening to this, yeah, you know, I really hope the one thing I personally would like to share with them is you are not alone. Yeah. OK. And think about, you know, you know when you pack your bag, mm -hmm. what are some of the things, you know, we talk about self-care. And if anybody wants some self-care tips, I'm more than happy to send that to them. They can put a comment in and I send it to yep. them um but think about what do you need to keep yourself calm you know even yep. smelling lavender I, you know I didn't even know that you know that there was music you could play and I didn't realize the benefits of that yeah but the thing is you know you can plan your birth can't you you can write <laughs> it all down and have a birthing plan often or not it doesn't go to that plan but if you don't know you're in trauma in the first place, how can you plan for it? We didn't know we were in trauma. We didn't know that going through child sexual abuse and all of the other abuse would have an impact like it did. We just didn't know. No. So if nothing else, we want to bring that awareness and we also want to make people understand, especially people that are pregnant, we want them to make them to understand that it doesn't need to be that way for them. They can understand that there's something going on for them and reach out and ask for that help and support so that they do have a lovely a loving or better experience than experience. what we had absolutely yeah. absolutely so All right thank you chris thank you beverly so authentic conversation from a lived experience and a professional um platform from bev and i and we just hope that this hasn't been triggering for you. Please make sure you do your self-care and let's see you in the next podcast, which will be just as interesting, I'm sure. Thank you very much, everybody. And as Chris said, look after yourself. Yeah, look after yourselves, everyone.